Welcome to an exciting new episode of Women in Labor. Today, I was actually in the morning, I was thinking about when we started this process. And one of the things that, that struck me when, when I first looked at the fact that women are falling out of the workforce here in India was that no one would really believe me when I talked to them about it. What? How were you telling them this? That they just wouldn't believe you. They were like, this girl is definitely lying. Like, I was just walking around looking lost, asking people about it. <laughs> like, no. Excuse me, sir, do you know that Indian women? He's like, I don't have any change. <laughs> like, I started reading about this topic. Then what happened is at sort of dinner parties or at meetings or at coffee, I would just sort of casually bring this up in that five minutes before you start any serious conversation. Like, you know, I've been reading about the fact that women have been dropping out of the workforce and it's falling at quite a fast rate. It's falling so fast, you know, that we're down to about 22 percent of women uh, in the workforce. Uh, I mean, and, and, and a number that is uh, comparable to Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Exactly. The rate, the rate, the percentage is, is is about where Saudi Arabia is right now. And so anytime I would say this, everyone inevitably would be like, no, 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 no. Really? That's not happening. <laughs> and the thing is, that's what really intrigued me was the fact that what everybody's perception of reality was yeah. seemed to be different than what the facts were saying. Yeah. And so in that gray area, I thought there's got to be something really interesting in there. You know, that's such uh, an interesting thing to happen. Maybe because you've been lying to these people a lot in the past. <laughs> and, and so they, they're just like, no, no, Christina is not trustworthy when she tells us facts. <laughs> you know, it, it may also come from the fact, Christina, that uh, there are very few stories in our popular culture that... Um, talk about the issue of women at work. Mm. Um, you know, our stories, are, whether it's our movies, it's our TV shows, it's our books, there are hardly any full-blown descriptions of the working woman, especially in post-liberalization India, mm. uh, when, you know, the, the working woman, the, the woman at work entered a formal workspace. There were hardly any descriptions of it and hardly any places where you could get access to this story to realize, okay, there are problems here or, you know, you know, things are going wrong or things are going right or what is going right. So, Aditi, tell me this. How are women usually portrayed in films? You know, I mean, there are a couple of tropes uh, which are very common. There is the um, sort of damsel in distress, uh, which, because we, we love the dichotomy of like, Either the baby, the goddess, or, or the Diane, the bitch, right? And so it's, I mean, uh, women have always been sort of convenient plot points for the hero's uh, story to either move forward or to provide some resting eyes place for, uh, you know, a, a movie where the hero is running around punching people. <laughs> and actually one of the most important elements of, say, Bollywood movies is the songs, yeah, right? love right? those. Right. And so in order to have the songs, you need to have some sort of female presence in the movie, whether it's maternal, whether it's, uh, you know, romantic. There has to be a feminine uh, presence in the film to have someone sing along. Is that just because we need sopranos? <laughs> you know, <laughs> musically speaking, that's probably it. They're like, we've written in a part. We need a woman in the movie. <laughs> Even, even actually mothers that need yeah. the constant rescuing, the son to come and avenge, you know, either the father's death or something that terrible that happened to the mother. You know, in uh, in the States, I feel like it's actually only relatively recently that we have stories that are starting to really reflect complex female characters as well. Is that right? I think so. Do you, uh, do you have any examples? 
So there's this thing called the Bechdel test, which is basically, are there two female characters in a film that talk about anything besides their romantic attachment to a dude or just their relationship with a man? Yeah. In fact, there was this that excellent speech that um, Reese Witherspoon gave at the Glamour Awards uh, where <laughs> she talks about how, uh, you know, she's like, every movie that you watch and you will see, you know, some disaster movie going on and then the female character will turn around and be like, what do we do now? <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, and she's like, I've, and I've never met a woman in my entire life who has turned around and been like, what do we do now? Because women just get stuff done. Like they'll never stand around and question stuff because they're used to being in dire situations. And so they're used to kind of like finding a way to adjust, finding a way to, you know, become of uh, become a part of the solution uh, rather than standing around and wondering. Yeah. And I think that Reese Witherspoon, even in that, uh, that uh, specific speech, she said something like, when have you ever had a woman... Uh, not had six responses yeah. to what are we going to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, the way uh, sort of women have been portrayed in our popular culture, in our film, uh, especially, I mean, prior to the advent of the internet, uh, was uh, was quite confined, was quite uh, sort of, and, and maybe overtly simplistic. And in an industry like Bollywood specifically, which we are referring to now, I'm, I'm not even saying all of Indian cinema, I'm just saying in Bollywood specifically, which... Uh, is an industry that is often accused of, uh, you know, um, selling fantasies and selling overtly simplistic stories. And in an overtly simplistic story, women are often reduced to overtly simplistic caricatures. Mm. So a few things I'm interested in learning about today is how has the depiction of work changed over time? And how have how women have been portrayed vis-a-vis careers and work how has that changed over time? And is that right now, are we in a good place with that? Or are we in a regressive place with that in any way? Our next guest, Sohini Chattopadhyay, is a award-winning long-form journalist. She's written for magazines not only in India, but pretty much all over the world. Her writing has a very anthropological bent uh, through which she sort of dissects popular culture. So let's give a nice, warm Women in Labour welcome to Sohini Chattopadhyay. So we're connecting, we are sitting here in Bombay. Oh, yes, ma'am. And you are in Cal. Yeah. You were one of the first names that I was like, oh my God, we have to talk to Sohini. That's true. Was, she did bring uh, it up very early so in the project. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. You know, one of the questions we're looking at in this podcast is, are the stories that we tell as a culture, how do those impact what we see as what is possible? Yeah. Are the stories reflecting reality, you know, or are they projecting a new reality? Um, and so that's one of the things we're really excited to talk to you today about, especially in relation to women in work. Yeah. Uh, and I was wondering, too, if you could start, if we could hear a bit from you on how is the idea of work as it's portrayed in cinema? How has that changed over time from, say, like the 50s to the 70s up until today? So I'm going to begin with the name of your podcast, actually. I really like that it's women in labor and not... Uh, so I'm, I'm not talking about the pun. I'm just saying that... Uh, Damn it! I was excited because <laughs> I suggested the pun. Anyway, whatever. I, I will take this. I will take this. Whatever. No, because I think, you know, in my uh, writing also, I try to maintain that, that... Uh, 
paid work is not the only kind of work that women do. Women are always working. And uh, it, to my mind, your the name of your podcast uh, was a nod to that, that women are always laboring. To come back to what you asked, 1950s was the decade you began with, a uh, good decade, because it's considered to be the golden age of Hindi cinema. Uh, so you do see uh, men and women uh, concerned about unemployment, actually. Not every film. So I, I should actually preface that by saying that, you know, when I'm saying, making any statements about Hindi cinema or any cinema, it's not about every film because there might be some film where nobody's uh, working, but it's about the biggest and the most prominent films of their era. So the Zawara, uh, Raj Kapoor, he's, uh, he's a sort of a, a low life and then he wants to turn over a new leaf for his love interest. And it's really, really hard for him to get a job. And when he finally gets a job, his uh, past criminal record, his low-life record catches up with him. Then there's a really... You must have seen a sequence from a film called Dobi Ghazameen, where the tire of uh, a hand-pulled rickshaw sort of uh, uh, falls off. Or falls away. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So that's also about migrants that's... Balraj Sahani, one of the iconic films of Hindi cinema of all time, but also of the 50s. Migrants coming to the city of Bombay. I'm not sure when Mother India released, but that was an iconic depiction of uh, a woman who worked and labored. So, And that's also a film about premised on uh, an Indian woman and very much a post-independent uh, woman. All, all these films... Uh, talk about unemployment because I think that was also part of the national conversation and Hindi cinema this is my this is my hypothesis in many uh, essays Hindi cinema always broadcasts Delhi's narrative otherwise I mean a lot of scholars call it Bombay cinema and why would a film industry set in Maharashtra speak in Hindi so this is actually they're doing uh, they're doing Delhi's work. They're doing the central government's work. You would have and you do have a Marathi film industry, which which is well regarded in its and the so-called pioneer of Indian cinema is a Marathi gentleman, is Dada Sai Palke. Yeah, but the fact that the the discourse, the language is Hindi, suggests very strongly that Delhi is speaking is is using Bombay as a ventriloquist to broadcast its view, wow. which is why propaganda said today a film like Toilet is not, a, you know, something that's come out of the blue. It's not a surprise. It, Hindi cinema mm. has always done that. It has act, always broadcast national concerns, government concerns, mm. Delhi government concerns. So in the 50s, we see a lot of national conversations about work and employment. Yeah, we Moving do. Moving forward, what... What happens in the 70s? In the 70s, you see it too. You see a lot of un- unemployment. You see a lot of uh, anxieties about the nation as it. So you see a lot of anger as well. So the iconic films of the 70s would be Divar and then later on Amarag Barantani. And you see those concerns in those films as well. In Divar, for instance, so you have one brother who is uh, a law enforcer. He's working with the police. And you have another brother who is a uh, some sort of a smuggler but Mm. it's interesting if you uh, see what the women in the film are doing so I think the film begins with Neetu Singh training Shashi Kapoor for a job interview 
and uh, she doesn't actually do <laughs> anything yeah she doesn't actually do anything in this uh, film parveen babi i think is a sex worker so she is uh, a woman with a work identity in amar raghavan antony mm. you see um shabana azmi is a uh, she's a con woman and uh, there was another film that released the same year i think parvarish where neetu singh and shabana azmi were sisters and they were both con women as well but you do see them doing something you know they 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 actually bring sure. in money and uh, neetu singh is a doctor uh, to mm. rishi kapoor's tailor Jen, you know, actually, just a question because I haven't seen the film, or I actually don't recall the film well enough. Are there representations of Neetu Singh being at work? Like, is she in a clinic? You know, treating yeah, yeah. patients, or yeah, is course. it just a side reference? No, no, she's there. She's, she's 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 working in a so uh, so one of Hindi cinema's favorite ways to flirt is to have the woman doctor examine the male. hero hilarious oh, yeah. and weird and hilarious <laughs> yeah. oh my lord oh my lord yeah yeah so this it's it's one way to t- hold her hand or to have her hold your hand right yeah of course you would touch you yeah <laughs> for just like so like whatever societal mandated uh, yeah. touching touching <laughs> like, like in the only you have to really stretch your imagination <laughs> to think of other ways that you could have that societally sanctioned interaction yeah yeah, yeah. i would i i say a 7 degree uh, seven year degree is worth it <laughs> just for a little feel just for a little feel having said that you know uh, i'm curious to get your perspective on um post liberalization india and how the way women worked in post liberalization india in uh say bengali cinema and in hindi cinema and uh and and if if you have any observations of the women in those movies post liberalization so actually one of my thesis is that post liberalization the the interest in employment is uh not as overtly expressed is not as explicit as it is in the films of the 50s and 70s the big difference in the 90s post liberalization was i think uh in in the real world i think um the money the financing for hindi cinema changed and that did reflect in the way the in the sort of realities the films uh, represented so you see a lot of uh, foreign locations in the 90s sure. uh and these are invariably uh i mean that's that's the decade when everybody abroad started speaking hindi as i say they live in these worlds <laughs> where well all white people understand hindi and speak hindi in the 90s you saw a slew of these really sort of high um i mean these sort of like the, the joharization of uh, indian cinema had begun and so all the stories were shifting upper caste and upper class worlds yeah, and so happened. then you had these heroines that were like doing incredibly niche jobs yeah like there was some one was like a flower designer another one was like a hanky cleaner and you're like <laughs> you know who was who was the flower designer who was the flower designer i don't know okay. god i guess <laughs> <laughs> but like they were no, doing it, I, and you know and it it led to movies like say uh, um you know like dancers a movie right. focused around the world of dancers with dil to pagal hai that was niche and it was very upper caste and very upper class but it was an ambition uh, and yeah. suddenly it sort of colored i know there were lots of girls who were like i can be a dancer too yeah but so did the men i mean you saw you start to see people being so i mean shahrukh khan was also a choreographer or a director in that film that you're referring to you're referring to dil to pagal hai so you see that sort of like a 
corresponding shift in male aspirations in these films as well. It, you don't only see the women aspiring. I mean, there was Karishma Kapoor in Dil To Pagal Hai, for instance, where she was a dancer and she was very ambitious. Um, the 90s is not a particularly good decade for women. I mean, for instance, the defining film of the 90s is Dilwale Dulhaniya Le Jayenge, where she doesn't have any ambition yeah. uh, at all. Do you know how they just left the house like that when they found out about the affair? They just left. Sorry, I'm so too passionate about this. I just, that movie confuses me like hell. And you see, and you have Hum Aap Kya Kaun, where she's, interestingly, I saw in an interview, an interview, uh, Anupama Chopra interviewing uh, um, the director, Barjatya, Suraj Barjatya, on 25 years of Hum Aap Kya Kaun last year. And he said that they actually thought that the girl should study something and it should be mentioned explicitly in the film, computer science. Because uh, yeah, how long yeah. have women studied home science? Or it's just been uh, assumed that they are home. They, but you actually don't see... It's interesting that he put thought to that. You know, even without seeing this interview, I, I had remarked on uh, Madhuri Dixit studying computers. And it was a very 90s subject as well. It was very post-liberalization in a way, computers and software symbolizes a certain story about India in general. Sure. And again, you have Bombay cinema ventriloquizing that narrative. But you never actually see her attending classes or doing anything. She's very fully submerged in the joint family yeah. unit. Yeah. Moving beyond the 90s, Dil Chata, you don't see the women really doing anything, right? I mean, the three women... Other than Dimple Kapadia's character, but her, I think she was a working woman. I think she worked in design, but her defining character trait was uh, that she was a divorcee who had a drinking problem. So you don't really see these defined work identities. Actually, that disappears in the film's uh, post-liberalization, a certain kind of film. So, Hini, you know, one thing I found really interesting in reading some of your writing is that you were talking about how heroines increasingly don't have careers. In, um, in many, yeah. So I'm just going to quote you back to you. <laughs> 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 Which is, uh, quote, heroines increasingly don't have careers. Over the past couple of years, the career ambitions of heroines have shrunk as Bollywood has moved to setting its stories in small towns and villages and films. Can you tell us more about this? So it's a it's a phenomenon that I would I, I would articulate this only for the small town films that Bollywood has found a taste for mm. in recent mm. years, and it, when you go to uh, places like invariably this place that Bollywood goes to is Bareilly, some dusty place in uh, <laughs> Uttar Pradesh. There are lots of films which are set in Bareilly, and somehow. It, the women in these films who are the center of these films uh, will not have a career ambition or actually not any ambition. I mean, uh, not nothing except romance. There's a film that I uh, like referring to a lot called Damini from the 1990s where uh, Minakshi Shahadri doesn't have a career ambition but the story of the film is about a woman who stands up to defend the maid who was raped by her husband's brothers. So that was the narrative of the film and it was very interesting to me that her identity was uh, 
that of she was the wife of the house. Uh, she was the daughter-in-law of the house, but her identity was that uh, she's somebody who stands for justice. You don't see that in these films in the set in the small towns. So there's Bareilly, then there's also I think I think the Tannu Manu films, uh, which I enjoy very much, uh, are set in mm. Kanpur, and uh, the women are actually the center of these movies, and they're somehow defined only as uh, as uh, people who as romantics, you know, essentially women mm. who are looking for romance. I don't know why that is. And I, I did say that it sort of ties in with the falling female labor force participation rate, which it does. But when you come back to films which are set in um, big cities, now, for whatever reason, these films seem to be doing better, you know, the Kanpur Bareilly uh, mm, films, whether in, terms of, whether in terms of box office or in terms of the critical acclaim. But these films seem to be dominating the conversation. But you do and why s- see films in big cities where the women do work. And so you're saying that, but in cities we have represent yeah uh, you do I mean women who are much more ambitious and career oriented and they're working. I mean, work may not be the center of the conflict, but they're working. Yeah, I mean, sure. We've we've just had a film recently which a lot of people have been talking about. Though I think it's so boring that it doesn't deserve that conversation there's lavaj girl where uh, the actress <laughs> where the heroine sera ali khan i think that's the central conflict of the film is her work she she takes her work seriously but it's such a poor film that i don't think it's worthy of any conversation christina the the back the back end of the story is that it's a story love story set in 1990 and ni- uh, 2020 right and then in 1990 yeah. he's this little like bumbling guy and then uh, he falls in love with a sort of street smart whip smart uh, woman and then that's love in the 1990s look how wonderful how quaint those wonderful yeah. days and then uh, cut to fast forward to 2020 um, fuckboy <laughs> and random girl meet and then uh, they want to have they go in to have sex and then somehow fuckboy uh, they don't have sex please okay. this is an Indian movie yeah yeah, yeah. sorry um, they <laughs> they start uh, you know uh, whatever she says okay uh, you, let's have sex he's like no I am saving you for I guess because I, she has like one virginity and he's was like I will save it for a day when I really want to have sex with you and so uh, the but the <laughs> conflict in their relationship arises from the fact that uh, she's like I can't focus on my career if I have you in my life and I swear to you all Imtiaz Ali's because this is Love Ajkal which is a remake of a movie that was that happened in 2000 yeah um, and again the conflict in that 2000 movie was that oh my god you know look at that ambitious girl actually. Anyway, 2009. Wow. You know, how how much, you know, now they're going to remake the first half of the movie in the second half. Like, this is shocking. The time between remakes has gone, like, desperately low. Um, But, so, you know, they sort of keep, the the conflict in these two movies is sort of that the woman has ambition. That's the problem. Uh, do you think so, Sohini, or am I am I sort of just uh, as usual gassing up? In this film, certainly, the Repeat conflict is that she has ambition. I, I think yeah. in this film, certainly. But in the previous film, actually, it was the hero had uh, ambition and he found that it wasn't what he really wanted. I mean, in the Lavajkal with 
starred Saif Ali Khan and Deepika Padukone. It was him. It was his ambition. He's actually just flipped it around in this. That what what if it was the woman? In that sense, it's an interesting premise. That what if it's the woman who has uh, these concerns about. Uh, Uh, career her career yeah yeah you know I mean, i've the, often uh, written about that that women are very sorted out in hindi films so it, it's nice to see messy women i think the, the interesting part in the film was that it's the hero who says that you know your interest in your work made me take my uh, career seriously i mean it's such a bad film that you probably won't even notice it but kartika <laughs> says that, that uh, it's because you were so interested in work that i started paying attention to my own work as well you know is one uh, so honey so, i want to share with you the i mean the primary observation that came out of the podcast that we've been i mean the all the conversations we've been having uh one of the things that they were like oh why are where are indian indian women why are they dropping out of the workforce and stuff and i mean we were sort of going through is it you know that the commute is dangerous is it that they are being sexually harassed at work is it that they're not getting paid enough apparently one of the major reasons why women are not working in india is because men are not helping out at home yeah that's that sounds like a major reason to me yeah that you know women are doing this unpaid labor which you brought up in the beginning of the podcast yeah. that they're doing all this work and they're melting into households the moment they lose their uh, sort of capacity in yeah. the workforce yeah and so there's never any hue and cry about it and this problem is almost oddly invisible yeah it's actually visibilized in this uh, new kangana ranaut film called panga which i Ooh, recommend so highly yeah she's a She's a national level kabaddi player who stops playing kabaddi when uh, she gets pregnant and then when her son is born it turns out that he's uh, got some sort of immune deficiency. Nobody actually asks her to give up sport but she does it um because that's what I think patriarchal social conditioning does. She does it happily of her own and the film is about her wanting to get back into uh, a professional sports career again and there's a bit in the film where she gets selected to play for the eastern region in calcutta and she says mm-hmm. uh, there's a family which is based in madhya pradesh and she says look this is mm-hmm. never going to work because uh, my husband and uh, ch- i have a i have a 7 year old child and my husband would just not be able to take care of him besides he wouldn't be able to take care of himself and I think that the remaining part of the film Whoa. is about this husband's determination to do that you know to take care of his son and himself so that his wife can It's a fantasy but it's a beautiful fantasy and it does show a little bit of reality in that you see uh, a lot of the things that she does routinely um uh, like uh, taking out his uniform and making his tiffin and making breakfast it costs him a lot more effort and time to do those things so that i thought that was a very interesting depiction of how much of care work housework is invisibilized even in the most supportive yeah. of settings sure yeah and then there's this new movie that has just come out called thappar which is about exactly about this about the heroine realizing how much of uh this is just taken for granted i have not seen it yet miss i but i watched shubh mangal zyada savdhan twice like an idiot <laughs> right i never i haven't right. seen thappad yet 
Thapar is about, so it's about, uh, I mean, one way of seeing it is, is it's about domestic violence, but it's really about patriarchal conditioning. And there's a segment in the film where the husband's mother has a sugar crash and she uh, faints. And this is when uh, the husband and wife are staying apart because of the slap. And uh, she comes back and the maid, the first person the maid calls is uh, the... Wife, wife, the estranged wife, mm. and not the son, and uh, you know this becomes a point of contention between already estranged husband and wife. The, the husband says, "You are actually trying to be sweet. You're not actually sweet. You're using this as uh, this care work that you're doing. You're showing it off. You're performing care work, so to speak." Mm. So there, there are these two films recently which explore exactly this how much of care work is and how's work the two bleed into one another I think how much of that is just taken Mm. for granted there are a bunch of films now which show men as caregivers there was actually a Tamil film I think uh, OK Kanbani which to my mind began this so there was uh, uh, Prakash Raj uh, and uh, Leela Sampson. So she, she had Alzheimer's in the film and he was a caregiving husband. So that film was uh, very popular. It was remade in Hindi as OK Janu, which didn't do so well. But I think that depiction really influenced a lot of filmmakers or storytellers. That's really yeah. interesting to hear about that flip side of of if we're not seeing it in society, but seeing it in films that men are performing these sort of care, like unpaid labor and caregiving roles. It's mentioned in uh, academic work. So Matis Sen talks about unpaid uh, labor of women. But you don't really hear it outside of academia. To my mind, Hindi cinema, it's a cliche that people say things used to be much better but it's yeah. true. I mean, Hindi cinema wasn't uh, terribly, um, what's the best way to say it? Regressive. Yeah. They, you did see working women. And it, it was quite normal to see a walk, working woman. But we have dialed back from that to either, you know, situations like Aditi was having a lot of fun and I was uh, chuckling about that, you know, flower pickers. But there are lots of people. You see a lot of women in films in the 2000s, in the noughties. They do media-related work. I don't mean a journalist so much as I mean, you know, a cinematographer and yeah. photographer. Somehow big gadgets and, you know, presentations, making presentations. Sure. Yeah. So you, <laughs> yeah, just, this is true. Yeah, you are either wielding like a big, like you know, this really heavy sort of like <laughs> massive phallic camera, or like pointing shit with a massive phallic pointer. Like, like wow, look at that working woman. Is that a penis in her hand? Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you do see some of those in the two thousands in the sort of uh, Karan Johar and Yash Chopra films yeah. that you pointed to. In Ooh. in two thousands, you do see that, and I think more recent. I think uh, I think Alia Bhatt is a is a film director or a cinematographer in uh, Dear Zindagi. 
and yeah, alia yeah. alia bhat has played a lot of these sort of characters i feel i and 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 i think anushka sharma is also some sort of documentary filmmaker in a yashwant yeah. film with sharukh khan jab tak hai jaan jab tak hai jaan correct that's the one ha this this is a world uh, this is i think the most visible change in hindi cinema post liberalization is that um, everybody is really well off and economic concerns are not uh, something that figure so you have all these you have a uh, life world of people living abroad traveling in urail or uh, economic concerns are not important in these films and you see a lot of creative professions actually you see stand up comedians i think ranveer singh is the yeah, yeah. in a film called befik oh right sorry aditi <laughs> this is not the best film <laughs> to <know>. bring up <laughs> like in before yeah, you yeah, yeah. He's doing right. he's doing Hindi stand up in Paris okay no, yeah. yeah see let me yahan pe chala if i if i went to calcutta hindi stand up wouldn't work yeah and this one is doing in paris yeah 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 iska club system kahan se ban gaya pata nahi right but you do see a lot of creative professions and that's i mean bollywood is often pointed out as unreal but in this sense it's actually true and stand up comedy careers in paris notwithstanding but creative careers are only possible to the privileged you have to be at least upper middle class to have a creative career yeah. so in yeah. that sense it gets that right you can't you can't be a cinematographer if you're even if you're middle middle class Yeah. So mm. uh, in that sense it gets that right. And so a lot of the women in these films will be so I think uh, opposite Ranveer Singh in Befikre's uh, uh, uh she's she's playing Vani Kapoor plays a tour guide. So that's also reasonably creative. It's not it's yeah. not l- what sure. I call a dusty small town job. The sort of job that you often see Vidya Balan playing. So Vidya's made yeah. a career out of, you know, doing government jobs. But there Balan's a good uh name to bring up because she did a f- another film called Tumhari Sulu which yeah. actually talks very much about a woman's desire to want to do something other than look after her house and she's willing to do anything as it turns out she uh finds her niche in creative work in uh, being a radio jockey but eventually she becomes a dabba service provider in the film So that's a great exploration of a woman who wants to do something other than having a running a successful home. Do you think that has affected the way uh I mean the, the world that we live in? It's a really difficult question. I think it's it's very <laughs> it's very it's hard to say whether representation or diversity makes a difference eventually because it certainly looks good. I mean it's it's good to see women working or it's good to see a woman chief minister but how much of a difference does that really make and it's a subject of study I think isn't it I mean I'm just thinking about representation in general not for women but uh, how much of a difference uh, did it make to have Obama as the president of the United States I mean one of the complaints that people make about diversity um and and highlighting that is that it's so easy to have a couple of women in the boardroom or it's so easy to have a woman's heart punch but does it really change anything i don't know i don't have an answer to that 
but I'm happy to listen to what you think. Uh, we spoke to Rohini Pandey, who was actually one of the one of the uh, professors that almost like you know she wrote extensively about women and unemployment. Uh, um, like in the two thousand five, she started writing about it. I feel like before there was a problem only she started writing about it, <laughs> and so she kept saying she's like right now the situation is so dire that I mean even representation is required urgently. There's sort of two co- two sides to the coin of this. One is that right. do you want token diversity, right? Like yeah. tokenism, and what does that do? And I think that's the you know the skeptical, and I have nothing wrong with skepticism. That's the skepti- skeptical way to look at it, you know. And the other side is, I think it you know if uh, if you have a woman who is in the room, I think that does change the dynamic of the room versus just not having any women in the room. Sure. Um, even if, say, she would, again, if we, as we've Pretty discussed, it. <laughs> yeah, even if she, say, makes the same decisions as a straight white man, there is still something to be said. Similarly, say, I'm from the States. We've never had a woman president. I feel like if we had a woman president, I would feel that at least that's sort of possible. Yeah. I feel that's often a sense uh, with the reaction to Mamta Banerjee in West Bengal. There's a lot of uh, um, people call her a maidservant. Uh, the Bengali term is ji. So they say, oh, this is a maid. She's, 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 she's not worth anything other than cleaning your dishes. And instead, she's sitting in the chief. So it can provoke extreme reactions as well. Well, Sohini, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate your 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 insight into understanding how the stories we tell sort of reflect how we think right. about women in work. Women in Labor is made by Christina McGilvery, Laura Quinn, Aditi Mittal, Manya Sachdeva, Sonakshi Chowdhury, Nandita Gupta, Sonali Thakur, Ipti Patnaik, Rose Higgins, Porva Jassy, Regina Hawkins, Kashish Sethi, and Priyanka Verma. This podcast is generously supported by a grant from the American Center New Delhi. The opinions, findings, and conclusions stated are those of women in labor and do not necessarily reflect those of the United States Department of State. For more information on the podcast, visit womeninlabor.com or search Women in Labor on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you.